It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Run like a wild man. I watch the struggle and I watch you wrestle with them angels. From Auburn University, Bo Jackson. Be correct. Neville Arena time is 9.15 p.m. Your digital audio device is tuned into the Orange and True podcast. Armored by the friendly folks at collegeofmag.com. Greetings and salutations. It's I, after a short hiatus. Sonic Crow 2 on Twitter, at Sonic Crow on Venmo. Um, joining me, as always, the rumor monger, Ryan S. Starrett. The S stands for stole a win on the road. As many as you can get. It's always good. We didn't really steal the win either. It was kind of a blowout. Yeah, um, that was a beating. You knew it was coming when the uh, wind put the headband on. It's always been a good sign for Halbring Guards the last year. That. We need to get into that because he needs to keep the headband. Um, other side of me, not here again because still on paternity leave. We have an extensive benefits package at the Orange True Podcast, and uh, Chief is taking full advantage of it. Um, but also joining us in his stead is the Dr. Will McLaughlin. Dr. McLaughlin, welcome. Road winds are gold. We love to see them. Don't care how pretty or ugly they are. They're beautiful. Yeah. I think that's the main the main takeaway from this whole season is we've kind of like Albert is Albert has now shown us exactly what it is. Like it's not gonna have any wins of hey, we made 12 threes and 14, 15 threes. We passed the ball well. We had like we're not gonna ever have 15 assists as a team. It's just not going to be – that's not this team. Um, this team just grinds wins out and does so. Every, every win is an ugly win with this Auburn team because every win requires the other team being forced to play the ugliest brand of basketball possible. Auburn, like, makes you play ugly basketball knowing it can win ugly and you can't. Which is, I mean, it is wild to watch because you watch the, the games and you're never, at no point is any Auburn fan watching these games comfortable because it doesn't, we never look comfortably in control of the game because we just keep missing shots. I think that's kind of the, we're used to seeing the ball go in the basket. And so we're kind of used to a certain type of basketball. And, uh, we're not seeing that yet. The, the outcome is still positive. And so we're just kind of a confusing team for a fan base. Also, uh, the chief is not here. The chef is, has joined us. Hello. 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 Uh, uh, to uh, jump in on that, I, I would say uh, it, it's the scoring droughts. that are really, yeah. Really, really, I mean, uh, we've had we had a, a nearly six minute scoring drought to end the game. We had a nearly six minute scoring drought the other night. They they seem to get longer and longer, 
yet we're still scoring roughly the same amount every night. Um, so, so it's just, it's just really weird. And it's not just one scoring drought. It's like three per half <laughs> that we go on. Um, yep. and, and I, the only solace I can take in it, us being sort of a miserable team to watch at times is I, I believe we are a miserable team to play against. Oh, there's no way anybody looks forward to playing Auburn. Um, because, because we force teams to play so ugly. Well, also, it's really hard to get us in foul trouble. Um, like, yeah, we, we have got, like, you know, Flan got in some foul trouble tonight, and without Chris Moore, that that is a, a bit of an issue. Um, Why? Leo yeah. Bergen's the best uh, wing in the conference. I know. Leo is playing pretty well. Um, but, you know, also, if you get Jalen into foul trouble, that that's kind of a thing. But if Flan's not in foul trouble, you can push him down to the four. Um, but we are just sort of a hard team to get into foul trouble. I mean, we've got 10 fouls to give between Janai and Dylan. We've got 10 fouls to give between Wendell and Trey. And there is drop-off from Wendell to Trey, but it's not, you know, it, it's it's not awful. There's there's just we, – we've got almost 10 fouls to give at every position. And so that makes us really hard to get into foul trouble. And part of it is that – I mean, obviously there are uh, some elite defenders on this team. I mean, Zepp uh, – locking up any of the guards. Um, the, the combo of Janai and, and Dylan are just elite shot blockers. And yeah. really, I mean, just doing a great job of uh, preventing shots before they even go up, whether that's with steals or blocks. But there's not really anybody on the roster where you can go after him either. Um, yeah, yeah. I'd it's say- not like, oh, you could pick on Wendell. I mean, he's he does his, his job covering the second guard. You know, he can he's good for a few steals if you uh, get too aggressive against him. Yeah. Um, my my joke lately has been that uh, <laughs> the the upside of not having a uh, a guy that can get you a bucket at any time that you can rely on at all times means he can't disappear in the tournament. Uh, but also that it means that teams like they were going after Flan tonight. But I mean, that what did that do for him? I mean, we won by almost twenty points anyway. Like, there's not a guy. Flan had eight and seven. Yeah, yeah. Nice there's not a guy you on our team. You just have to get out, and if you get him out, we're we're done. Like, there's just not a guy. I would counter only the only guy that if he has a terrible game, we're cooked. Is Wendell Green Jr. Yeah, if he, he gets he, a terrible Wendell Green game. This team's cooked. When Auburn has lost this year, it's big. I mean, Wendell's not played good at all. Like, yeah. I mean, Memphis was was rough. The USC game, he you know he hurt his ankle at the end of the Georgia State game prior to that one, and then you know it was a tough game in Athens. Um, so it's you know I've I've said this many times on this pod and just in general, Auburn's going to go as Wendell Green goes, and you know it's like Saturday night he was the closer against Mississippi State. You know tonight he you know headband win. Hit some tough shots and, you know, hit some shots in the second half to kind of help Auburn pull back away. In a game where, you know, Auburn had a solid first half, they shot 48% from the field, 45.5% from three, and they led by 11. Next thing you know, they come out of the locker room and it's a two-point game. And, 
you know, kind of jumping ahead. I know we, you know, we talked about it a little bit, but key to this game to me was BP calling a timeout when LSU cut the lead down to well. Auburn yeah, had we actually hit a shot. Yeah, yeah. Auburn made a bucket, so it was after an offensive score, but it was a two point game. And in that, you know, we talk about our our team defensively, but in the first five minutes of the second half, LSU had fourteen points. In the last 15 minutes of this game, LSU scored 14 points. Part of that's bad shooting, but I think it's a credit to what Auburn's, you know, Auburn's defensive performance. And, you know, uh, uh, like I said, ugly wins are better than beautiful losses. And I've been saying this all year. Like, if you're looking for a flashy team, you know, this is not going to be that team that we've been spoiled with the last few years. But they find ways to get the win. And that's, you know, at the end of the day, that's what we're trying to do here. So, yeah, yeah, this this past weekend we went off from three and scored 69 points so <laughs> yeah like, like Auburn was going to get between 62 and 72 points yeah just kind of um before the pod I was talking to these guys about the the Auburn fan has gotten got kind of used to a flashy up and down make some buckets give up a couple of buckets brand of basketball and all of a sudden, like that, our Final Four team looked like the Warriors. <laughs> and now, all of a sudden, we look like the 2012 Grizzlies. And the 2012 Grizzlies, for those of you like Ryan, who weren't, you know, really sports conscious in 2012. <laughs> he was a little boy, wanted to be a big boy, but 2012. What was he going to do, be a Hawks fan? Right. Mm. In 2012, the Grizzlies... It was the, the height of an era that was known as grit and grind or grizz and grind, depending on who you ask. The grit and grind Grizzlies were a terrible team to watch uh, as a neutral, unless you just loved it. If you loved what they were trying to do, they were they were many people's favorite team. I know a lot of people who didn't have a team who were NBA neutrals who adopted the Grizzlies that during that era because they just loved that they were doing, they were zagging when everybody else was zigging in the NBA. <laughs> and they were, we looked it up, 30th in pace. They were the slowest team in the league. They were 17th or 18th in, in offensive rating. They were second in defensive rating. So they, they had, this is what we're going to do. We're going to make your life miserable for the full 48 minutes. Um, and we are going to score enough to win because we don't think you can. And the attitude of that team was also very similar to the attitude of this team. They didn't have a guy that was going to make the All-NBA first team that was going to sell a bunch of jerseys in non-Memphis cities or that was going to like – that everybody was trying to trade for. Um Marcus Saul ended up becoming, he won Defensive Player of the Year a couple of times. He ended up becoming kind of a star. But he was still Marcus Saul. I mean, your mom doesn't know who Marcus Saul is. Um, and that's so when do we get our John Morant? Right, right. Well, they're talking, John Morant, they're talking about, they want to make this grit and grind 2.0. And I'm like, you already aren't because you have John Morant. Like, you cannot be <laughs> Ryan when you got that guy. Because that was kind of the, they were like the no-name defense of the NBA. They were just a bunch of dudes who played workman basketball. 
Um, it Zach Randolph. It was Zach Randolph. It was Marcus All. Rudy Gay. Tony Allen. Rudy Gay. Tony yeah. Allen at the two, and Mike Conley Jr. at the one. And that, I mean, you look at this Auburn team, and Tony Allen is a great Katie Johnson comp. Both a little bit crazy. Um, both going to take some shots that make you go, "What in the world were you thinking?" Um, both are pretty horrible to play against, I imagine. Hey, Katie did hit two threes tonight. Progress, he did. right? He, did <laughs> miss a, he missed there. a corner three that he missed a corner three. He had no business as well. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He checked corner three after one made three. <laughs> it went yeah. in and out. <laughs> it went in and out. He, uh, you got Mike Conley Jr. was the steady hand. That's kind of Wendell Green. Like it, it kind of starts and stops there. The Grizzlies wanted to get the ball down low to Randolph. Auburn is trying to get Jani Broom to make this game. Like that's the easy, the easy bucket Auburn has is if Jani Broom is is working, that's what we're going to want to do. And then Marcus Sauger, Jalen Williams, you do everything, Swiss Army knife. So this is, I think this is, and then I mean, I got I, I like the Rudy Gay, Al Flanagan. Every so often Rudy Gay would go off for a game. Every so often, Al Flynn goes off. So this is what I think this team is. Now, did the Grit and Grand Grizzlies win an NBA championship? Absolutely not. Um, famously, the Grizzlies didn't get out of the first round of the playoffs for like – they may never have still, actually. Um, they did last year. They beat the team. They did last, that's right. Last year was the first time – was last the first time in their franchise history? I think they went to a conference finals one year and got swept by the Spurs. You're right, and they did it in twenty in twenty thirteen. The team yep. I'm talking about, they went, they won the first round. They beat the Lakers four two, and then they beat the twenty. That's, I mean, that's a decent Lakers team. Um, and then, then they we then they they went to the Western Conference Finals and got set by the Spurs. That's right. They beat the Thunder. They beat the Kevin Durant, Russell Ross, Westbrook Thunder, James Harden, and, Serge Ibaka Thunder. Yeah, yeah. The so so they made the final four of the NBA. They made the final four of the NBA scoring an, with an offensive rating of 103, which is not awesome in the NBA. Um, 104, sorry, 104 was their offensive rating. So I don't know. I don't have Auburn's offense rating in front of me. It's not that high because we don't have as many. I think the stats. Uh, Auburn for right now? Yeah, I think the stats. 110.6 uh, offensive rating. I think the stats calculated differently in college than in pros, but if that's uh, if it's calculated the same, yeah. then that's, that's great. Yeah, I do uh, want to call out uh, something funny with uh, old friend Virginia, who's number ten in Ken Palm right now. Oh, uh, if I told you their uh, their defense was rated number twenty three, what would you guess their offense is rated to be ranked number ten in country? Number twenty. Really. <laughs> Their offense is better than their defense. Right well, I, I think because it's super efficient is what would be my guess. I, I bet they're off. Uh, I mean, they're extremely. They're, so there are 300 and uh, 363 teams in D1 this year. They're 361st in tempo. Yeah, they're just they just don't do anything. They take. I mean, that's just what they do. I, like, I, I'd imagine their offense is usually rated pretty high just because it's efficient. Um, 
I think that's if the, Auburn was only getting fifty nine, uh, or I guess sixty one this year possessions per game, we'd be scoring the fifties a little bit more. I think. Yeah, I I, I think Auburn's <laughs> Auburn's whole deal is we're not trying to score uh, as little points as we are. Like <laughs> we're accidentally. Oh, yeah, they're they're trying really hard. Yeah. Yeah, they're trying to score a lot. Virginia just doesn't. They hold that ball till there's five seconds left on the, and they're moving around the entire time, passing the ball, doing all kinds of stuff uh, that Auburn does not do. Um, I I I I hate to level some criticism at this team because I I mean I feel like they're they're good. They're a good team, but for a team with a bunch of veterans, I mean. They just look like they don't know what they're doing on offense. Like most of the time, they yeah. uh, uh, like just looking at each other, like telling each other to go places, um, and then not doing it. Like guys are trying to get guys in position, trying to move around, telling them to go, you know, make a cut. They just don't do it. It's just it's really frustrating to watch that. And I think Crow has pointed out many times it the juxtaposition of that. In our inbound plays is it insane. Makes no sense. It makes zero sense. It's um, like being a team that is. If you had a team who was like super incredible at running the ball on third down, but then could not run the ball on first or second down, yeah, to save their life, it was averaging nine yards a carry on third down and one yard a carry on first and second down. That's what it's like. It doesn't make. It's the same thing. It is you're calling a play. In fact, inbound plays are harder because you only have four guys on the court and they've got five. Yeah, my guess yeah, is can we treat can we treat the midcourt line as an out of bounds line <laughs> and just run inbound that. plays from there? You're running you're running four guys in motion. They've got five to defend your four. Yeah, and Auburn scores off that more often than not. My guess is. It's because that is so quick. And when we try to run offensive sets, the second we don't get a shot within the first pass, like our guys are just like, oh, what do we do now? Stay in there. <laughs> they just get right. they, they get bored with it. I like I mean I, and you see you can you see this with a lot of teams. It's not just this team. Uh it's just it's just so weird. <laughs> there's not a lot of there's not a lot of movement, and I don't know what Bruce I don't know how much Bruce is calling from the side. Yeah. In terms of it sex. looks a lot of times it looks like we're just let's just do something, guys. Like it looks like we're playing pickup basketball most of the time to me. Um Yeah, I agree with you. Like we're not running complicated sets. Like there's you don't see a bunch of back screens and screen the screener and all that stuff. And and even when it's we do guys wandering around. Yeah, and even when we do, it seems improvised. Like, <laughs> like there was a couple. There was a couple dribble handoff shots made tonight that looked really good, but it didn't look like it was within the structure of the play. Yeah, yeah. It just looked like it. Oh, oh, it happened. Yeah. After timeout, though, another thing. After timeout, we do good stuff. So if, yeah. we, if somebody calls a timeout, we have the ball. We score quite a bit on that. I, on the I just. It's almost like the guys just can't stay focused. On beyond, they, have to, they, yeah. need a, they need Bruce in their ear the whole game, or like yeah. a whiteboard on the on the well, wall behind them. They, I mean, they struggle. We play so much better when we're on our own bench. Yeah, 
yeah. in the second half in Auburn Arena. I mean, he paid, Bruce is basically being the point guard, you know, calling the plays from the bench. Yeah, true. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. But, yeah, it's crazy. Anyway. It's crazy because it's not like we also – I mean, yeah, like Chief has said a couple of times, like this is not a team full of freshmen. This is a team full of like <laughs> guys who have transferred from other schools after they played multiple years. I mean, there. this is Flan's fourth year, right? Yeah. Yeah. Janai's yep. third year. Yep. Uh, fourth Wendell, year. Wendell's third year. Yep. Jalen's fourth year. Uh, Zepp's like ninth year. Zepp's ninth year. <laughs> Chris Moore's fourth third. year. Third year. Third year. Third year. Yep. Um, Dylan's third Dylan's year. Third year. Yeah. Uh, Trey's first year. Trey, uh, uh, Johan's first year. That's it. They're the only two guys that have played less than three years. Those two guys have an excuse. I've never seen this before. The rest of these dudes have played LSU before. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like uh, uh, it's 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 weird. And you know, I like I said, I I hate to level a ton of criticism at them after a big twenty point win. It's just it it is so different. Weird. Weird. It's not. I don't always. I don't always get even. Even really get that frustrated with it. I'm just confused by it. And we we sound like, I don't know. We sound like. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I want to say, we sound like Auburn football fans in, <laughs> you know, in 2013 who were mad about the games being too close or whatever. Like, it, yeah. we're winning the games. We're yeah. winning the games. And that's the important thing, but it's usually it's just that we're like we're able to see the mistakes or the problems are so glaring that it isn't mm-hmm. like uh, hard to see. They're right. very easy. It's well, easy to tell what this team's not great well, at. And I, I think also the, you know we're good at other stuff. The big the big problem I think that personally gives me anxiety is that like we let these teams hang around so long in games, not, not tonight necessarily. Um, but that, and, and knowing that almost everyone is capable of scoring 12 points in a minute or, or less of gameplay yeah. is like, it's terrifying and it makes them, <laughs> gives me so much yeah. anxiety because we're just letting teams stay within six points of us like all night long, usually. Or we're we behind like, or whatever. We got like five games in a row here coming up that are winna- winnable games. Yeah. After that, we don't play a lot of games. 
We play, we play a couple of games after that in which if we can hold a team to 66 points, it will be a miracle. Yeah, yeah. We're, like, we play, even if we're as good as we are well, on defense. I will say t- two of those games are Tennessee, and they're not exactly lighting up scoreboards uh, this year. So while, yes, we're not going to be favored in those games, um, if they break 70, I would be surprised. They don't light up scoreboards. That, that, that might be a great – yeah, I mean, yeah. I feel good I, about beating this. If, if those games are in the fifties, that wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, what's that? If we were playing Kentucky at home, I would actually feel pretty good about that game. Oh, for sure. Same. Um, yeah, I mean, rough, rough is up, like I think it's I like think, playing a bad LSU team in Baton Rouge during the yeah. streak. Like you just yeah. never, you can't expect to win. Well, and I also think the uh, rumors of their demise were greatly exaggerated as well. I, I, I don't I'm think that they're bad. At that, right? Yeah, yeah. It's like every year everybody thinks they're done. I like. I, I realize they had a terrible start to league play. It truly doesn't they matter. Have to start. They have had to bench their best guard. So that uh, I don't know. Yeah. The long term. I don't know if I put best in front of guard, but the starting yeah. start. Would be the better, you he know, leading you know. the SEC in assists right now, and he is more or less benched. Oof. Yeah, I just, you know, I, I think they're still pretty good. I mean, they're, it's greatly talented, no matter what. Uh, and then you've got Alabama, who, I mean, yet again has a ton of talent. It's not the first time. I mean, it's not not even the third or fourth time they've had a ton of talent. Um, but I. To me, it seems like the rest of the league is not as good as they've been um, recently. Uh, obviously, there's definitely a drop off after the the top few teams. The I mean, middle I, class of the SEC is not as good as it usually is. Yeah, I, I think what's unfortunate is I think Alabama is the clear best from a talent perspective and uh, just from how well they have been playing. Um, yes, I agree. And then, and then there's a, a few teams below that. Uh, I think Auburn, Tennessee, Arkansas, and Kentucky. I'm going to include in that 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 bracket of teams. And then after that, it's like this conference might not be very good. Um, they're they're fine. A and M is five and zero. A and M might be good, but they haven't really played anybody. In yeah, they won seven uh, in a row. Um, you know, they beat right. They're going to beat Florida tonight. Two of those were against Florida, and they only scored 54 against Florida at home today. We're going to learn a lot about AM the next week because Saturday they go to Rupp, and then next Wednesday night they're at Auburn. So yeah. we'll know yeah. a lot more about AM in the next week. I, I think that Florida team sucks real bad, and um, I think that Georgia team is better than, than you know, we thought they would be this year. Like, they're not that great. Georgia team could win a couple SEC covers, yeah. SEC tournament games. I mean, yeah. Yeah. They're, they're, I I think I've uh, undervalued Mike White uh, going there. I think so. we all laughed at it when they when they yeah started. because I mean Florida hasn't been great recently. They were about to fire him in Florida. I felt but like. yeah no that's that's what it felt like. But I think what we're seeing is uh, that Florida team just kind of stinks, and w- without him they can't maintain even the semblance of being okay. Uh, so. So, with under Mike White, Florida uh, in conference went nine and nine, fourteen and four, eleven and seven, nine and nine, eleven and seven, nine and seven, nine and nine. 
It's a lot of nine win conferences. Yeah, in there. pretty average. Pretty. Average. There's a very real chance Georgia could go nine and nine. Yes. Yeah. This year. yeah exactly. I mean, yeah. That, that's kind of what I was thinking. He's basically the, the Jeff Fisher of. Uh, yeah, but, but uh, even when SEC basketball, he's going to go five hundred. But even when Mike White was winning nine games at Florida, they were still making the tournament, and they were finding ways to win a tournament game or two yeah, yeah, in a lot of those right. years. And I'm not saying Georgia's going to do that, but I think they've gotten a ton. Like Terry Roberts, you know, grad transfer has come in there, and he's done a phenomenal job for them. And, you know, Kerry Oquendo, who was a leftover from Tom Crean's group, he's he's improved a lot. So, I mean, he's done a good job, and – he brought in. I mean, some, Mike White's good, but he's just winning with Tom Green's players. They should have just let, let Tom Green. <laughs> I know. I know. Right? More, years. No. more fun makes, that way. Makes you really miss Tom Green. <laughs> I mean, he just needed a couple more years to cook. You know who's not doing poorly? Our, uh, our friend Nathan King tweeted just now that over the past three games, Jalen Williams has 47 points and is shooting 52%, yeah. 52.8%. From the floor, just solid, steady dude. And you know, that's what he, we need him to do. The light has gone so off smooth. for Jalen Williams. Like he is just so smooth. Jalen Williams is uh, is beautiful, according to to Dr. McLaughlin on Twitter today too. Like it, it, yeah. he's a guy who plays the game well, and he is somebody may have turned him on to the fact. That he's the best player on the court half the time. Yeah. Well, he said in the post game tonight that the the whole team just is always. Tell him to shoot. They tell him that they don't care if he goes 0 for 30. Just keep shooting. And and I think that's good uh, because Jalen clearly doesn't have that that switch or, or that whatever it is in his brain that just that uh, a Wendell Green has or a KD has right. that just we need Jalen to play like he's Dylan Cardwell. Yeah, like well, <laughs> only don't uh, just just. Don't. <laughs> Uh, he doesn't have he doesn't yeah. have that thing that 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 players of his talent usually have that just makes them keep doing it on their own, and so he's he's having to rely on the external voice of his own teammates to tell him to just keep keep playing, keep playing. And, and I I decided tonight I was thinking about this um, earlier. Um, I I think. I often thought that Jalen Williams took bad shots because he takes these weird, like, I don't know, 12 foot, like, yeah, jumper deals. I don't think he ever takes a bad shot. I think they're all, like, I think he can make all of those shots and, and he's, they're starting to fall for him now. And, and I think that's the big difference. Other than Wendell Green, Jalen took the most shots tonight. Wendell had 14 shot attempts. Jalen had 13 and, as the owner of the Jalen Williams fan account, I must say I'm, I'm very happy about all this. It's been a great to see him do this. Yeah. But if you remember back early in the offseason last year, I remember Bruce Pearl made a comment about, you know, Jalen was going to be a focal point on this team. And I remember a lot of people were like really suspect, sus or suspect, however you want to do it about that. But, you know, he's I want to say become more selfish because he's probably one of the least selfish guys on this team. And yeah, for a guy to, for a guy that. You know, in his third year, took a backseat to a, a top five pick and could have complained and, and sulked about his role. He stuck it out, and now you're seeing the fruits of his labor. And I imagine being and working with Jabari Smith for a year has helped his game a lot. But he's become more, you know, I don't want to say selfish, but he's heeding the, you know, everybody says shoot more, you know. And 
it's it's been it's been fun to to watch him you know kind of develop and become that you know consistent you know he's going to score at least you 12 to 15 a night you know and sometimes he'll go for 20 you know if we can yeah, get so, 15 a night if we can get basically 12 to 15 a night from Jalen and we can get 8 to 15 from Flam yeah we'll be okay yeah cuz i think when i think Wendell's going to end up getting 14 to 20 a night just as it goes i mean even tonight i mean Wendell 14, Jalen 14, and then Flan 8. And then you had 8 from Katie Johnson and that was huge. Leo Berman, you know? Which yeah, we, talked about, we talked about Leo earlier. Um, but yeah, no, getting two threes from Katie. Hopefully get his confidence back up. If he could just play under some control, man. But it's just like anytime he gets a rebound on the one side of the court, you know he's taking it all the way to the other side. And you just kind of have to live with whatever he does, which, you know, you never know what's going to happen. But Absolutely. He tweeted two days ago that Jalen Williams is the best uh, stretch for slash all around player in college basketball. Who did? One of the best. Katie Johnson. I mean, he is. He's very good. I, I think that's I think they've all been encouraged to hype Jalen up because I, I just Jalen just doesn't have that in himself. He is the most unselfish player uh, that, that I've ever seen. With that sort of talent, um, and, and I think his they passing all... ability, his oh, passing dude. ability is so underrated. For I mean, even if he was a guard, he'd be a great. He'd be a great passer. Yeah, I I I, I love it, uh, and I'm glad that he's he's flourishing now. This <laughs> podcast has been pro Jalen Williams from the beginning. If you remember, Ryan has been Point Jalen, the captain of the Point Jalen fan club. Jalen. We were the first. We were the podcast who accused Bruce of hiding Jalen yes. Williams. Yes, yes, yes. Keep him from being a one and done. Leading edge this of that conspiracy. Podcast, we got so much Jalen Williams stock, and we are ready for it to cash. Are we doing this again with another certain freshman? No, I, I'm I'm semi kidding, but I mean, everybody keeps uh, waiting for that. I I don't. I, no, I, I don't I, think that guy is uh, as unselfish, and I don't think that he's gonna. Uh, 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 enjoy his time not playing. Uh, it seems like he's doing okay based on Bruce's comments about about Chance last week. That that it's kind of, look, this is where we're at right now. We well, rushed ho- him back and we shouldn't have. I hope so. I hope that's the case. Uh, all right, guys, I've reached the uh, my time limit, so uh, I'm going to let you all go. Uh, it's been great talking with you guys again. Keep on cocking. Well, come on, Always a pleasure. See you, Chief. We, um, yeah, I think, I think the idea of this is as good as this season could get right now with us getting as little as we've gotten from our freshmen. Um, we couldn't really expect much more than what we've got right now, which is, which is great. Like we, we haven't, we thought, I mean, I thought Johan Traylor was a one and none player. So. That obviously I don't know if we all case. thought that. I thought that. I thought he was the borderline one and done player, and it, as was Chance. Uh, and no, and like that. And we talked about it all off season though that Auburn's had an incredible streak of like high four, low five star guys hitting right away. Yeah, yeah. And Jabari, I mean, effectively Walker was a former five star, just a year removed from UNC. 
Uh, Okoro worked his way to be a lottery pick. Chuma blew up as a, a four-star in his sophomore year. It's okay if all of these guys uh, aren't one-and-done or NBA draft picks right away. And I, I miss Sharif and uh, JT Thor on there as well. I mean, um, I'd love to have them around for more than one year, selfishly. You know, right. I mean, that's the thing is you if if you can keep them around, that gives you some of that uh, room to improve. Where you know the guys that have stuck around for four years in Bruce's program have almost always come out a lot better than they started. Um, and if you're raising their initial talent level as they're coming in and they're still going to be two, three, four year guys, uh, that just continues to build a great base for this roster. Um, there, there's been some uh, sweating a little bit over the recruiting over the last year or two. I mean, there's been some obviously high-profile names we've missed on. Ace Bailey committed to Rutgers last week. Um, but it's not like we're missing on these guys and not bringing anything in. I mean, Aiden Holloway got his uh, his fifth star this week on some rankings. And, yeah, I mean, if you're able to keep Traor and Chance around and, and develop them for two or three years, I, that's a great base for a roster. And we'll see what, what the transfer portal brings after this season. You know, it's going to be the wild, wild west again. So it's, you know, it's probably somebody. Bruce has shown he, uh, he hits in the, in the portal. So, yeah. I mean, if, if the worst you do in the portal, the worst case scenario has been Jasper. I mean, he's a great role piece on this team. Um, you know, Walker Kessler, Janai Broom, Vol hit, uh, KD and Wynn, I would say a hit. Wendell Green as a, as a sophomore transfer led you an SEC title last year. So, and I think, I think Wendell, I mean, Wendell's, I don't think Wendell's going to leave for the NBA anytime soon. So, I mean, you got a guy, you know, I think, I think Crow, you or somebody may have talked about it, you know, in our Slack, you know, he comes back next year. Maybe he's like a Jared. Or something. No, like I said I said he's a year away from being a potential okay. American. Yeah. Which is which is, you know, maybe a stretch, but like he's better. I think Wendell is better this year than he was last year by a size. Yeah, without a doubt. He's making some better decisions. He's protecting the ball super well. So if he continues to develop, which point guards often do under Bruce, it's not a stretch to say he's an all SEC caliber player next year and maybe all American like this is a, a it could be first second third team I don't care he is going to be a special player for Auburn and necessary because we're not bringing in a lot of guys going to challenge Wendell Green for minutes next year yeah second year point guards under Bruce I mean you're really you're looking at Jared who at the end of his second year that was Auburn peaking and winning the uh, regular season title for the SEC. Uh, Javon, at the end of his second year, that was the 2020 team that, that was playing really well on the stretch. Um, and then since then, we haven't really had a guy, any consistency, uh, starting at point guard. When you had the the COVID year where Flan and uh, Sharif and Justin, pa- Justin Powell 
all played point and nobody really got to to learn and grow in that role. Um, and then when with it being his first year last year, just. I, I think you have to look at him as a freshman last year, pretty much, even though obviously he played at Eastern Kentucky before that. Year two in Bruce's system, the point guards have just all blown up really well. Yeah. It's a guard-friendly system. Um, well, especially guards who can improvise, because like we talked about, like, there's not a whole lot of – this isn't like called call actions to the guard. It's on the guard a lot to improvise and to, and to make things happen. Well, Will, what's the schedule coming up this year, this week? So we are back on the road Saturday at South Carolina. What time is that game? Uh, 30 tip on SEC Network. Our favorite guys that love referring to the three-point line as bonus land is on the call. So you've been warned. They were the guys. Bonus land. They were on the call last Saturday, if you don't remember who they are. Uh, They called called (laughs) Auburn the War Eagles. So uh, fun stuff. Um, the, The South Carolina team. They obviously won at Rupp Arena, uh, beat Kentucky. That's their lone SEC win, but they have taken some really tough losses at home. Uh, they've got a pair of 40-point losses in the last week and a half to Tennessee and Texas A&M. And then they lost to Ole Miss last night, who was, I think, 0-5 in the league before last night. Uh, I mean, A&M beat the dog out of that team. Yeah, they did. Yeah, that was 50 to, eight, 50 to 18 at halftime. Yeah, I think yeah. they won – they won by 40. Um, 94-53. Yeah. yeah, it was like 40-41. And then Tennessee beat them like 85-43 um, yep. this previous Saturday. So, and, of course, then they come out of nowhere and beat and beat, uh, beat Kentucky. Uh, they've got uh, who was supposed to be the number one player in 2023, Gigi Jackson. He reclassified. Uh, and then Michi Johnson, a transfer guard from Ohio State. Uh, those are kind of their two main their main cogs on that r- roster. Um, this is a game Auburn's got to win. I mean, we, we say road wins are gold, but Auburn's got to take care of a business in this game. Um, I honestly thought tonight going into this week, you know, I thought a one in one week was possible, but I thought the one, the loss was probably tonight. Um, but LSU has been struggling. So thankfully Auburn was able to take advantage of that. They, they started out like 12 and one. And I think they've lost like five in a row. So Auburn definitely took advantage, and Justice Hill didn't play for LSU tonight. Uh, not sure why, but uh, that was a break for Auburn too. Um, then after that, Auburn hosts Texas A&M next Wednesday night. Um, I haven't watched a lot of Texas A&M this year, to be honest. Uh, the only games I really watched was when they lost a couple games at the Myrtle Beach Invitational to uh, Murray State in Colorado. But they've been playing well. They've been playing kind of what was projected of them this year. Um, that's going to be a, a very interesting game. And for some reason, Auburn always, when Texas A&M comes to Auburn, they seem to have Auburn's number in Neville Arena, one of the few teams mm-hmm. that's had Auburn's number the last four or five years. Um, so that's that's going to be an interesting test. Once you get past South Carolina, the next, the next, uh, let's say six games are pretty, the, the uh, quality of opponent ratches it up because you've got, Texas A&M, then you go to West Virginia, who kind of slumped, but they knocked off TCU tonight, and that Big 12 is just loaded. It's so much fun. They're having a wild year. I mean, any team in the Big 12 right now could make a case that they're a tournament team. West Virginia just got the first uh, conference win 
tonight or last night against a ranked TCU, but they're still ranked 23rd in Ken Palm. Yeah. I mean, and like Texas Tech, who's always a quality team, they're 0 6 in the Big 12. But I read right. a stat, I think I saw a stat today, like over half of the Big 12 games have been decided by like five points or less. Like every night in the Big 12, it's just been it's been wild and, and crazy. It's been a fun league to watch. But after West Virginia, then you host Georgia. That's a revenge game, quite frankly. And then you go to Tennessee. Then you go to A&M. And then you got the Alabama game on February 11th at home. And uh, so, you know, Auburn, you know, 5-1 and one in the league. Um, I think, you know, most people would probably be happy with that, to be honest, at this point. But uh, it's it's fixing to, get, fixing to get tougher for Auburn, so – uh, pile on these wins while you can, um, but we're gonna we're gonna learn a lot about Auburn here here soon. So that's kind of what's coming up for Auburn. Yeah, Auburn still hasn't really played a true uh, hostile road environment yet. I mean, they went to USC in Washington, but that's you know over the holidays, hardly a uh, a big atmosphere there. And then in conference, they were. At UGA, who I think was excited for that game, but they weren't, you know, packing it in. Uh, and then at Ole Miss, at LSU, people are leaving early in those games. Um, I think West Virginia will be interesting. I think that'll be a that'll well, be a- and that goes to that slump they started their conference play with. They mm-hmm. need yeah. a big win, like knocking off Auburn, to kind of get them right, get them looked at again as a, a tournament team. Yeah. Um, so they will definitely be looking to uh, knock us off there. Um, and then, like I said, Texas A&M, we go to them in the first week of February, but that'll be a, you know, middle of conference play. They'll probably be borderline tournament team based off of how they're playing right now. And then at Tennessee, uh, I don't like to tell you guys how big that atmosphere is going to be. Um, I'm excited. Really, really playing for, you know, that, that one B slot in the SEC. Um, yeah. Will you and there. legitimately it and perhaps for a two season SEC tournament? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, the- the- theoretically, if you can go in and, and and knock off Tennessee, who's ranked number two in Ken Palm right now, that's how you get taken seriously of going from oh Auburn's a five, six, seven seed to oh maybe Auburn's a two or a three seed. If you can do that and win in Knoxville, um, that's when that hype will kind of get going. I think. Auburn is projected to go two and one this week on ESPN's basketball power index with a loss at West Virginia. I think that seems to be the most plausible. That's fair. But like, I, I think we're going to win all three of them. I think they're going to be disgusting basketball games. Um, but I think Auburn goes three and zero. You know, Auburn doesn't have the you know they don't have the flash bright and shiny freshman this year. They don't have the bright and shiny offense. But wins are wins. You know, and it's kind of like, you know, I, at beginning of the year, it's like defense is going to carry this team this year. And it's done that for the most part. Um, I think the three-point shooting has been better lately. So maybe that continues. I mean, they were 8 or 20. Low bar, but the, the team has gotten up over 30% on the year. So that's yep. uh, it's improvement. Progress. And, and I, think it's, I think it's mixed. I mean, we, or at least I, pretty vocally complained about, hey, the wrong guys are shooting. Um a couple weeks ago, but Jalen's taken more shots. Flan's taken more shots and Flan's been a good three point shooter this year. Um, and a little bit less of just, you know, raining fire from Wendell and, and KD. Um, not that they shouldn't be taking shots, just maybe not eight or nine three pointers a night. 
Yeah. All right, guys. Well, let's go out there and get three wins. And we'll get back together on Monday and we'll talk about it. And hopefully, at that point, we're all going to be really excited. Because Auburn goes 3 0 this week. And if they can get to the end of the 16 month, 16 and 3 without or 67, dropping another 18 game, and yeah. 3. 18 and 3. You get to 18 and 3, uh, the hype will be. Man. It'll be there, but I'm going to enjoy the heck out of flying under the radar still. Yep. Yeah. And there's there's a, uh, if you want to forecast a little further, there's a chance game day could be coming to, to Auburn for the Alabama game in a couple weeks. Think about it. It's, if you get a top 10 matchup, has there ever been a top 10 uh, Auburn Alabama game? I don't know. Uh, I have to look into that. I'll have to look into at, that. At Josh Dove. My, 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 my gut tells me no. Same. There's only been so many top 10 Auburn and Alabama teams anyways. Uh, happening at the same time feels unlikely. But Maybe, yeah. maybe we can actually uh, manifest that uh, Elite Eight, Madison Square Garden, Auburn, Alabama game that we saw on some brackets this week. Please don't. I don't even want it. God, no. <laughs> I, no. Come on, Will. We're yeah. still peacocking. Still peacocking. Guys, thanks for listening. And uh, we'll see you next time. Have a war eagle weekend.